0: To Luke chapter 2. Um, we have been working through the series called uh, Silence is Broken and just to just to get us up to speed here we went to Malachi at the end of Malachi chapter uh, 4 there and at the end of that at the end of those passages there we, we saw where uh, Malachi was given instructions to Israel basically saying, you know, commit to the word, keep the commandments, uh, remember the laws and all, this, all these things. And then he says, We're gonna, I'm going to send you Elijah. Right, I'm going to send you Elijah. And then there's 400 years plus years of silence. And the silence was broken. We saw through two weeks ago when Zechariah was performing his duties as a priest inside the temple and an angel shows up and starts telling him, we've heard your prayers. Your prayers have been heard. You're going to, you and your wife, even though you're old, you're going to have a son. All right. Uh, that son was going to be John the Baptist. So we know all that, but then six months later, the angel shows up to Mary breaks the silence. We saw this last week, breaks the silence with her and says, you're going to have a son. Even though you're not going to be married, you're going to have a son. You're you're, you're a virgin and you're going to still have a son. His name's going to be Jesus. He's special and all this. And then an angel appears to Joseph and lets him in on the plan as well. lets him know what's happening so that Joseph just doesn't go with what he feels like he should do by getting rid of her. But he goes along with, he's, he's actively involved in this plan as well. This morning, we're actually going to see how the plan continues to unfold here. We see in chapter 2, verse 1, let's just begin reading there. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. And this was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Father, as we look into your word this morning, I pray that we would be able to celebrate the birth. But Father, especially look at the circumstances leading up to that and the things that happened after that. Father, speak to us clearly, clearly how your plan has unfolded and it continues to unfold today of your heart and your desire to redeem your people back to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I don't want us to focus on the birth. I'm not against the birth. I love the birth of Jesus. I love those stories and everything. But what I want to do, at first, I want us to look at two things that happened before we actually get to the birth. One of them was, there's a census that showed up. There's a census that, that people had to go and, you know, be counted. And it says here that David, or David, listen to me, not me, says here that Joseph and Mary had to kind of pack up and go. Bethlehem. Now, why is that important? Because in Micah chapter 5, again, 7,000 years earlier, this was prophesied. This was talked about in in Micah when he says this But as for you, Bethlehem, you uh, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from days of eternity. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has born a child, and then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel. And he will arise in the shepherd of his flock, and, and, and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will remain because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace. 700 years earlier, Micah is proclaiming that they're going to be born in Bethlehem. Now think about this. They are, they're in Galilee. They're 70 miles away. They're about to pack up and, and who knows what. I don't know if there's a cart. I don't know if it's just on a donkey or whatever. They're, we don't know if it was, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things. They're, they're making their way across a mountainous terrain to get from where they were to where they need to be in Bethlehem. That, was, that had to be incredibly difficult. Today we just complain about having to, oh man, this suspension on this car is terrible when someone is going to the hospital. And so you can imagine what it was like for them, but it was a part of God's plan and he was behind the scenes working it out, even through a Roman government, by calling a census out and saying, okay, everybody's got to go back to your places and be counted. And it forced them to pack up and leave. The second thing I want us to see here is we saw it last week. That David, I mean, the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. Mary here was engaged to Joseph. We saw the story last week where Joseph thought, you know, I want to, I don't want to shame her. I don't, I want to quietly kind of send her away. But God stepped in An angel came to Joseph and said, hey, listen, that's not the way it's going to happen. This is the plan. This is what's going down. You need to take her in. So it says that Joseph took her in as his wife, but he did not know her. He did not know her intimately is the the literal Greek translation of the word there. He was not intimate with her until after the birth of Jesus. Here, this story just solidifies that further. A lot of people say when it says he took him in as as his wife, that they went and they, they were husband and wife. No. They were still betrothed, engaged to each other. They were still officially connected to each other, legally connected by engagement, but they had not gone through the ceremony of marriage yet. This verse shows that in order to register with Mary, who was engaged to him, she was still engaged. They had not gone through the official ceremony of marriage or it would have identified her as his wife. And so the two things here is that in Isaiah chapter 7, we saw that the virgin is going to give birth to, the chi- to a child, and this child is going to be great, the Christ the Messiah. It is important to know that God, behind the scenes, working his plan, working his plan, not only caused the government to cause these people to pack up and go, but Joseph was faithful to God and his plan to keep her a virgin to stay engaged, to take, him in, take her in as a wife, to protect her as she could. And this is why I believe, I personally believe, that as he took her in and as there was no ceremony, that their life was not great leading up to the birth of Jesus. I believe that there was ridicule and mocking. I believe they were shamed all throughout this time. Because here you've got a young teenage girl who is pregnant, And there has been no ceremony of marriage. There's been no consummation after a ceremony, however long that ceremony might be, of marriage. God's plan, we can see God's plan even here continuing to unfold and causing the pieces to fall together so that the things that were written 700 years earlier are still happening at this time. And it says that there came days that she uh, completed for, for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And then the same region, verse 8, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping, over, keeping watch over their flock at night and the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with, an, with, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven and the shepherds began saying to one another let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing which has happened which the Lord has made known to us so, that they, ca- so they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger and when they had seen this they may know all the statements, they may known the statement which has been told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told by the shepherds. And Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as has been written. The first thing we see here right off the bat here is that the silence is broken with these shepherds. Remember, they're just out in the fields watching their flocks. They don't know what's happening and most, no one around the world really knows what's playing out before them. But an angel shows up to them. Similar ways an angel shows up to Zechariah in the temple or Mary as she's going about her chores or Joseph as he's considering what to do with Mary. An angel shows up to these shepherds out there. And starts telling them about this child that is born. I bring you good news. The first thing is these guys, just like the others, they're a little taken aback by an angel showing up to them. Remember Zachariah said he, he was afraid of what was going on. Did you, Mary said that she, I think, I think they used the word, something like she was troubled when the angel showed up. Joseph was perplexed, you know, kind of. But and here it says they were terribly frightened. But in all instances, the angel stood before him and says, do not be afraid. You have no need to fear. And he told them, I bring you good news. I bring you good news of great joy. This angel came and broke the silence with them with his glory shining around and telling them about this good news. And this good news, listen, it says here, this good news is great news of great joy, which is for all people. This does not mean that it is a universal thing where all of a sudden, now that Jesus is here, Everybody is saved. It's not, everybody can experience the joy that he's talking about here. That's not what that's saying here. You can, it is not just the, it is not something that is universal where you have no play in the plan, where you have no response to the plan. You just can't, you cannot look at it this way. This joy is available for all people. The joy that he's talking about is absolutely available to all people, but it is not universal to all people because the scriptures tell us, even Jesus himself in John chapter 15, and I know I've shared this with you before, but in John chapter 15, he says, these things I have shared with you. He's talking to the disciples. These things I have shared with you so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full well what were these things he was telling them so that his joy could be in them it was I mean, if you look at the previous 10 verses from john 15 1 through 10 abide in me and i will abide in you abide in my love my love will abide in you abide in my word my word will abide in you the connection here is that we are abiding in Tapping into the source of joy by abiding into Jesus. That is what he's talking about. This joy, this great joy that is for all people, it's available to everyone. But it's not universally just cast over everyone. It is something that we play a part in this by deciding to set aside our own selves and following him and following his and accepting the gift that he has. I, I, lo- I, re- I remember when I became a Christian early on at the age of 22 and it was right around uh, Thanksgiving and then that Christmas, the pastor up there, he talked about how th- th- there's always a gift with your name. Every one of us has a gift under the tree of, uh, of, of God. But is that gift yours until you have actually came up and claimed it? opened it received it you could go up there and you could say you know there, there's a gift it, it's yours if you want it and you can just sit back and say, ah, I like where it is I kind of like the way things are right now I don't need anything I don't need anything new and flashy I don't need any bling I don't need any technology I don't need I'm good where I am And you just leave that gift there you have not received the gift it is something that we have to interact with. We have to reach out and accept and receive. It is there free for all people. But this joy, this joy is an everlasting joy. It's kind of like back in we saw in Micah uh, when he says, this one is your peace. This one, talking about the baby that's going to be born of this, this woman in Bethlehem. This one is the peace. And Jesus said, my peace I bring to you, but not like the peace you think you're getting, not like the peace you think you might want. Jesus's peace is not in the absence of war and chaos and all sorts of things going on. His peace was in the midst of chaos and wars and all those things. It's it's easy for us to be at peace when there's nothing to be concerned about, right? I mean, just imagine you, you open up your bank account and go, man, where'd all this money come from? Somebody walks up and burns your mortgage right in front of you and says, house is yours. You go home and you find three brand new cars in the driveway. uh, You're healed of diseases and all sorts of things are going on. You think, man, this is a great time to be alive. It's easy to be at peace and experience joy in the middle of all that. But when your life is turned upside down, you can still experience peace and joy in Christ. Not just because i say it not just because i believe it is it is a reality it is truth we experience his peace in him we experienced his joy in him not apart from him and so here he's telling them this great news which which you have and born to you as a savior who is christ the Lord. The only other place in the Gospels that this particular, this word Savior is used is, is when the, uh, Jesus has actually gone to the Samaritans. Or not the Samaritans. He's gone, to, see the, he's gone to, to the Samaritan at the well. He's the woman at the well. And she's from Samaria and all that. And she goes to, and he's interacting with her. And then she gets all excited. He's, she's hearing all these things that Jesus is telling about her life. She goes back into town to tell everybody. Everybody comes back outside the town. And these men are hearing what Jesus has to say. These people are hearing what Jesus has to say. And these are their words. Many more believed because of his words. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you have said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and know this one is indeed the Savior of the world. They heard it straight from him. She went out and brought them to him. They heard from him And they knew without a doubt, this is the Savior of the world. The angel here is declaring to the shepherds. Born for you as a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So we see God's plan kind of playing out. We see the silence broken with with God interacting with, sending an angel to interact with them. And the last thing I want us to see here, I want us to see God is worshiped the angel when he's up there declaring this to the angel and all of a sudden a a host of angels show up around him a choir shows up around him and he is declaring they are praising and glorifying god because of all the things that are going on here they and it says here that glory to god in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased they are praising this, this chorus of angels are praising him and worshiping him. And then it kind of goes dark. They kind of go away. And the guys, what do they do? They set back. Well, we've heard about this. What do we do about this? No, they got up and said, let's go find out what they were talking about. Let's go find this for ourselves. Let's go seek this out. And they said the sign for them was a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. That's what they were looking for. That's all they knew they were looking for now babies are typically wrapped up in cloths anyway but it's the major part that is the the key to the sign here because who of us who of us would put our put our newborn child in a feeding trough where an animal has stood over this thing and eaten out of it and slobbered all over it and who knows what all is going on inside who i'm sure i'm sure joseph and mary made this thing as clean and sterile and comfortable as they could but there was a baby in a feeding trough and that's what the shepherds were looking for. And when they found Mary and Joseph and told them and everybody that was around started telling them about what they had seen and heard, there was an act of worship going on there because it says that the people were, in, they were wondered at what they were being told. Look at what it says there. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. This is not a wonder like, I wonder if that's true or not. That's not what this is saying. Wonder is like, whoa. It's kind of like, it's kind of like your, your heavenly, whoa. That's what this wonder is. They are wondering, they see this baby here and they've probably heard, you know, Mary and Joseph, maybe they've been talking a little bit about it and all this, but, but then they got somebody coming along from outside that supposedly have seen an angel and seen a choir of angels and they're hearing all this stuff. and They come back and they tell them about it. And people are going, whoa. There was a sense of awe and wonderment going on. Not only that, but look at, what, look at what it says about Mary. But Mary treasured all these things and pondering them in her heart. I don't know of many mothers who do not treasure the birth of their children. In the midst of it, maybe not so much. But when you look back on it, there is a sense of longing. There is a sense of loving, lovingly remembering. There is a sense of you don't you don't remember the pain of birth as much as you do the joy of birth. But here it's this this word wonder when it says and she pondered, I mean pondered when it says she pondered in her heart. The, the literal translation there is to be the that pondered is weighed. It's something to be weighed. Right? And the idea here is not that, okay, there's a bunch of burdens on her and she's being weighed down with all these thoughts and all that. That's not what this is. What it is is she's pondering in her heart. She is thinking about all the things that have happening and putting, them, putting the pieces together. I mean, she's thinking about not only the angel showing up to her, not only the angel showing up to Joseph and Joseph coming and talking to her, not only all the other things that have played out. She might even be looking back as far as, Maybe when they went through their little Sunday school class when they were a kid or vacation Bible school and they heard whatever stories of the prophets told 700 years earlier. She, you know, she she was she was pondering all of this stuff in her heart, weighing them out, putting the pieces together. That's what she was doing in that moment. That is a sense of. Worship, when we are sitting down and considering in our lives, sitting before, before God and he's calling us to obedience to certain others and we're weighing things out about, well, this is what's happened, this is what's happened, this is what I've learned, this is what I've heard, and you start weighing all these things out and there is a surrender, there is a submission to his will. That is a sense of worship. And then I want you to see what the shepherds did here in the end. The shepherds went back. They went back to their fields. They went back to work. They went back to those sheep they had abandoned out there. They went back out there into the darkness. What does it say? Glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as has been told them. You see, this the birth story of Jesus, is an, it's amazing when you start thinking about the prophets the prophecies of years ago the, you know before this happened we're talking 700 years when you st- when you start uh, or more when you start seeing all of these things played out we can't help but go whoa and then the birth of jesus we start seeing all the things that happen and even after this when eight days later they take jesus to be circumcised right and they go into the tent there's a guy there named simeon who was told by the holy spirit you're not going to die until you see the christ the messiah When they when they he held that child and he was praising God and and praying to God and all that, and Mary was sitting there watching this, that was another one of those whoa moments. Seeing all of this played out. And this wasn't the fulfillment of the plan. God's plan goes on into some terror. You think about it, he came from royalty. Right now he's in a manger. Ultimately, on this earth, he's going to end up on a cross. He's not climbing a ladder to success the way we see it. He went from royalty to a feeding trough to a death sentence. But then God's plan brought him out of that grave. And it's because of that, him conquering sin and death, being raised out of that grave. We celebrate this day not just because it's a birthday. We celebrate this day because it is the... The beginning of God's plan on this earth of the Messiah coming and living a perfect life so that he can fulfill the plan of God from eternity past to the present. We celebrate that, I hope. Yeah, the birth of Jesus, it's fun to get gifts. It's fun to have a big meal and all that kind of stuff. But it's important that we do not lose sight of this birth and the wholeness of God's plan. That's what we worship. And I would hope that as we go through this season and into 2020, and when it comes July, we're still worshiping this whole plan of God. Into the heat of the summer, into the next winter, we're still worshiping. Not just the birth, but the whole plan of God as it relates to mankind. And our role in that is that we are to join Him. We are His ambassadors, and we are to join Him in the ministry of reconciliation. That is the birthday gift we can give him. That is the Christmas gift we can give him, is to line our lives up alongside his and do as he's asked us to by being his ambassadors, representing the kingdom of God wherever we are, and joining him in the ministry of reconciliation. That is our gift to him. And I hope that as we go throughout this, we we do celebrate the gifts and the meals and the fellowship and the families and friends and all that. All those are important. But let's not lose sight of the significance of this birth, the plan of God leading up to it, and the worship of God moving on from it. Let's join that. Let's be a part of that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your great love to us. Lord, while we have done nothing to deserve it, can do anything to earn it, help us, Father, to just walk in a way that is worthy of your great love to us. To continually submit and surrender to your will. To see your hand at work in us and through us and around us. And align our lives up with your purpose for us. So that we might, as we abide in Christ, might experience the fullness of your joy. As we walk on this planet the rest of our days. Thank you, Father, for including us. And the birthday invitations of your son. We are grateful for all that you have done. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen.